It is July 5th, 2022, the day after America's birthday. NXT 2.0, the Great American Bash. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa. And Alfred, that is a, a lovely vest you're wearing. Why, thank you. Yeah, I just randomly decided to pick out a random vest to wear today. Um, I'm glad that you were able to point out that it was vest, by the way. That's uh, uh, actually very... Uh, Keen eye for fashion for you, Glenn. Not only am I trying to get into maximum male models, but I also just felt that it's vest season this year. True. Don't you? You know, I thought it was a jacket at first, but it's the hottest summer trend. Everyone is wearing vests over long sleeves. No, it's absolutely uh, a vest. I, I don't know who would ever think that this is a jacket, but uh, but thank you for the compliment. It, it's a vest welcome. over a patterned shirt is what it is. It's a hell of a look. Well, tonight... We had a little championship changing hands on uh, NXT. We had some build towards things in the coming weeks. We had a cryptic message. And why do they do this to me? They'll show us a message. It'll be a puzzle. And then like wrestling Twitter, half of it on Twitter and Reddit <laughs> took like a hard left turn and was just fixated on trying to decode the message the rest of the show and not actually paying attention to the matches. This might be a bit of a deep reference, but it might hit with you. And if it doesn't, I think I might change your yeah. life. Do you watch Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared? No, no, I have not. Okay, well, it's this puppet children's show, and it's filled with Easter eggs. And, and the creators have never come forward to explain anything. So the, basically, the fandom is watching these things. They're like five-minute videos. And then there are all these videos, like hour-long videos, breaking down every Easter egg, what it means. Wow. It's an incredible universe. You've got to get into it. The next one is coming in September. Don't hug me, I'm scared. And that's what it reminded me of, what you're talking about, is that they were able to take this little 30-second video, and now everybody's got every conspiracy theory as to what it means. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And we'll talk about that, break it down and more. But before we hop into the Great American Bash, what is going on in the news? Well, it's a Great American Weekend. And when he's not in my mentions, Tony Khan, Tony Twitter Fingers, is on the Ringer podcast. And he made some very interesting comments about a potential AEW versus WWE crossover. Not that anything is being planned or that it's imminent or whatnot. But Tony Khan said he would be open to something like that, saying, quote, I'm not sure that's going to happen, but I would be open to talking about that kind of thing before saying it's not crazy, but it's a bold prediction, sir. Glenn, what say you about an AEW versus WWE collaboration? And more importantly, who would have the best vests? Oh, tough call. Tough call. Uh, well, I just want to put it out there that I'm open to doing a Wrestling Inc. Ringer collaboration. And I think that has about as much chance as happening as an AEW WWE collaboration. It's weird that Tony would put it out there like that. Because, yeah, of course he would be. Of course he would be. It's like DC now would be like, hey, we'd love to do a, we'd love to do a crossover with the Marvel movies. And Marvel's like, we're good. We got our own thing going on. Uh, I mean, it's a good way to make headlines. But come on, does anyone really think this is going to happen? Yeah, and really a ring of collaboration could happen. Our guys, you know, Jack Farmer, shout out to him, Mac uh, Miller, Mac Main. There, there's a lot of uh, people over there at the Ringer Podcast who we're friendly with. So, you know, maybe they sure. can make that happen. But, yeah, I don't know about a WWE-AEW collaboration. I have kind of fantasy booked in my mind how that would ever even happen. And never was I closer to believing it could happen than during that time where Warner Media might merge with NBC Universal. There were those rumors oh, yeah. that ended up being Discovery. But if it was Warner Media and NBC Universal, where Vince McMahon was no longer the owner and ruler of WWE per se, and you take those old politics out of wrestling, I very much think that universe could have created a WWE versus AEW collaboration with no wrestling politics uh, in terms of the brass involved. But uh, it would definitely be very interesting, and the fan bases would be particularly fun the closer that event came. 
Can you imagine how terrible it would be for wrestlers and to an extent wrestling fans if WWE and AEW were both under the same corporate umbrella? If for some reason Vince sold, Tony papered up with some, I mean, there'd be like no competition. It would just be bad. It would be really, really bad. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It just depends. It could absolutely be a disaster. Who knows what the wrestling world will look like without Vince there? You know, I, I know that Vince is past his primes in terms of being a creative genius, but not a lot of people have the knowledge that he has of pro wrestling. And when he goes, a lot of information is going to go that nobody knows. And so it would probably <laughs> hurt the business in the long picture. And if they were under the same corporate umbrella, yeah, for a lot of wrestling fans, potential dream matches could sell a lot of tickets, move a lot of numbers on pay-per-view and whatnot. But would they be able to book these things consistently uh, as a wrestling promotion without wrestling politics really messing this up? I, I do think it could be a disaster, but it also could be a lot of fun from a fan standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, uh, a couple super chats here. Mia Lee, 499, saying, Vinci is so suave. <laughs> Tiffany, so WWE. I don't know who I want to be champ first. Her or Nikita, they both bring something Ooh. fresh and trick and mellow is money. I agree with everything she just said. Cosa. Yes, uh, Robert Martinez. Trick has the it factor. Carmelo was almost there. I feel they both had the it factor, and that came off more than anything on this show. And we'll get into it uh, when we talk about the show. But I thought Trick and Carmelo, in terms of presentation value alone, came off as absolute stars. Uh, in terms of how they even tweaked their presentation from the entrance to the gear and all that, I thought they both came off as That's huge good. stars throughout the show. By the way, maximum male models. So I missed Friday. I uh, oh. cut the tip off my middle finger. Oh, so. man. Now I can flip somebody off and advocate for safe sex uh, with this cover. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, me, I'm sitting there cutting. Uh, I've been into like making refrigerator pickles lately. And I was sitting there like cucumber. And I'm like, I don't need the guard. I'm fine. I can do, I'll know when to stop. I'll use my hand. And yeah, I took off part of a nail. And I was like, okay, it's good. So Friday uh, I was in pain from that. But I did watch Maximum Male Models. That is batshit crazy. I cannot believe how much they are leaning into this, and it might just get over. Oh, it better. Um, me and Issa's juices were titillated. We had a cleanup on aisle nine after the podcast. This thing is my favorite thing in wrestling right now. I know it's kind of polarizing, and they're working out the kinks, and who knows what kind of longevity this has because WWE tends to have very short attention spans when it comes to new gimmicks. But I think this thing can get over, and I very much loved it, and I do want to be a member of Maximum Male Models. I will pursue this with a fury of a thousand suns. There you, and they have a website, MaximumMailModels.com. They do. Is, uh, I taking, taking applications. So what else, uh, what else is going on in the news? Well, stop me if you've heard this before, but another woman has been bullied off Twitter. We had Naomi or Jade Cargill or Brandy Rhodes, Alexa Bliss, and the list goes on and on, but the latest person is Shotzi, who she had a rough match at Money in the Bank, of course, admittedly had a couple of bot spots. She even went on Twitter the day after to address that and kind of say that she's going to shake it off and move on. But uh, apparently the abuse has gotten pretty intense for poor Shotzi, who's one of my favorites. And she has now taken a leave of absence, it seems, from social media for the time being. I mean, we do see this far too often, particularly with women in wrestling. You know, wrestling very much mirrors society and in this present day it mirrors the best and worst of society from the tribalism to even the social media and the effect it has on its female performers uh those are very much statistics that we see in the real world and it seems that Shotzi has uh, taken a leave of absence from twitter Glenn. i mean it's absolutely crazy how people behave online period but then wrestling fans somehow managed to make that even worse in some ways 
Um, and we've seen it before. And I've seen the WWE fan base. I've seen the AEW fan base. I mean, I've, I've just seen this behavior that is just crazy to me. Um, and this mom mentality, it's, it's just not. So if Shotzi needs to take a break for her own mental health, like I commend that. And I think that's probably the healthiest thing to do is just not even pay attention to it because it's, it's meaningless. It does nothing except cause you stress, anxiety, and uh, it's unnecessary. So I, I hope she's doing okay. Yeah, 100%. And that's exactly. Mental health is always comes first when it comes to things like this. I think some people tend to spend too much time on social media. And, and it, the more you do, you're going to see a lot of positivity. But the negative, I think, always stands out more so. And for Shotzi to be in such a bad moment, I'm sure that nobody's more disappointed than Shotzi. She's a good worker. I think she has potential to be a big star in this business. Yeah. And she takes her job very seriously. So I know that after that, she was beating herself up more than most into have to deal with that as well couldn't have been uh, good and it's not something that she has to deal with so it's good to see her take her life in her own hands i'm sure she's uh home watching horror movies right now she's a huge horror fan yes and, uh, probably watching wolfman it'll cheer up seeing some people get bit <laughs> what else we got our final news story it's kind of a bittersweet news story for big e he gave the latest update on his neck injury of course he did previously throw out his neck brace has said that he's improved and feels better but it looks like it's going to be a minimum of a year so i believe that'd be march 2023 where big wow. e would be able to at the very least evaluate and reevaluate his neck uh, it looks like surgery's off the table but he did have a very serious c1 sprint uh injury yeah. where that's the vertebrae that could really cause paralysis death um and he very miraculously avoided that so it's something that they seem to be taking their time with it's a very complex seems like a very difficult injury that they're going to see how it heals and it's going to be at least a year before they even move forward in seeing their next step so big e probably out of wrestlemania next year and the, the important thing is that he heals i don't know what the timetable is just want him to be okay because this is a it was a life-threatening injury, but it is a career-threatening injury, though Biggie does say that he feels good. Good. No, I, I hope he gets better soon. And, yeah, I mean, one day at a time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that is your news. Wow. So tonight, NXT Great American Bash, and we opened with NXT Temptation Island style. <laughs> like... NXT remains the horniest promotion in all of professional wrestling. Oh, yeah. This was like the Olympic Village of just all these athletes hanging out at the barbecue and like scouting each other out, flirting with one another. It was a good opening promo. I understand Tony D'Angelo wasn't there. He's still trying to reconcile the whole two dimes situation. He's got a lot on his mind. But uh, no, we had a lot of talent hanging out, having this uh, this cookout. And, uh, you know, I like when they do these fun openings. I thought this was pretty good. Yeah, NXT Olympic Village as a pay-per-view would be fire. I'm I'm paying the $9.99 for that, let me tell you. Uh yeah, a lot of good energy, I think, to open up this show. And then we got right into it with Toxic Attraction taking on Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade. And uh, for the women's tag team championships, were you surprised, Alfred, that Roxanne and Cora won this off Gigi and JC? A little. I, I thought they would be the ones to potentially dethrone Gigi and JC. I just didn't see it coming on this pay-per-view. And to be honest, I felt it was a little deflating. 
in terms of when they did win, I felt the finish was kind of clunky. And then when they won, it just didn't seem like that big moment, even though toxic attraction has lost those tag belts before Yeah, this, I just felt like this might be the end moving forward for toxic attraction as tag team champions. And it feels like the end of an era or end of a run in NXT. And it just didn't come off as a big deal. It was this mishmash tag team that we've only seen together for what, less than a month. And now they're the tag team champions, so good on them. I'm obviously a big fan of Roxanne Perez, but uh, I just didn't know about this for this to be the end of Toxic Attraction. I felt like it deserved a better buildup and uh, really a better match in terms of their last match as champions. Well, it's interesting. I mean, we've speculated, I think, on this podcast for a year now that, or however long they've all been champs, they I think they all won it the same night. And we've said when they lose it, it's going to be the same night. Mandy's going yes. to lose as well. So it's interesting that Mandy didn't have her title on the line. But Roxanne Perez is challenging Mandy next week. I mean, I know we've been saying Nikita Lyons, Alba Fire, Wendy Chu, Tiffany Stratton. Maybe Roxanne wins this. I could see Toxic Attraction going up to the main roster if we are really getting. And I think this week is the deadline, right? I said if we don't hear this Friday about the NXT or the, about the WWE Women's Tag Team Tournament that we were promised when Sasha and Naomi... Uh, we're stripped of the titles. I said, if we don't hear about this Friday, it's probably not happening. But I could see Toxic Attraction getting called up to participate and win in that tournament with the finals at SummerSlam. Oh, it could be very interesting. I think Mandy Rose is ready to go to the main roster with this character, especially after tonight's promo. She cut a very good promo on this show on Roxanne Perez. It'll be interesting to see if they do put those two belts on Roxanne Perez. I think it ties into the story they're telling between Roxanne and Cora Jade, where mm. they haven't really been aggressive. They've actually been quite subtle, which is very rare for WWE yeah. in terms of uh, Roxanne Perez just one step outshining Cora Jade at every single turn. She won the breakout, even though she got here later than Cora Jade did. Now she's tag team champions with her friends, but now she's already trying to win that world title. So that would be one step further from Cora Jade. And this would be a good way to tell a long-term story that could culminate SummerSlam weekend, Roxanne versus Cora Jade. Again, kind of fast paced, but it would be on brand for Cora Jade, even though Cora and Roxanne are champions. Roxanne is still one step ahead of her by being a world champion as well. Well, the one thing I don't get, though, is that last week we had Nikita Lyons looking so dominant over Mandy Rose. Just, I mean, and tonight we have the hint after Tiffany Strand's match where uh, Barrett said, oh, not long until we see gold in her future. Usually when they say something like that, it means that person's going to get some sort of title program. Um, but yeah, with Roxanne and Cora, I mean... I don't know. I like Roxanne and Cora a lot. I think his tag team, a tag team, they've got a lot of potential. But in that main title picture, I don't know how you look at what Tiffany Stratton did tonight or how you'll get Nikita Lyons in her performance or even Alba Fire and not say like one of these three women should be the new standard bearer for the NXT women's division at the top of the mountain with that championship. And that's good for NXT. They need to do that with the men, I think, a little bit more because if you see the show, Braun Breaker really has nothing in terms of a lot of viable, credible championship challengers who could be believable in taking that title off him. Right now, the women's division has three, you know, that you just mentioned. And I would like to see, whether it's Roxanne Perez, whether it's um, Alba Fire or Nikita Lyons, I would like to see the next time uh, Mandy Rose defends this title to be the new world champion. And I do think that Roxanne Perez potentially will win that match. Yeah. And man, with Braun, when he was coming in tonight and like, how's that shoulder? He's like, it's fine. You know, it's just like, dude, just don't say, don't say anything. Like it's actually, this is, this is worse somehow now with you speaking. 
you're just being a tough guy. You know, he's being a, a tough baby face. And I don't think it's all Braun's fault. I'm on team Braun here. I know. <laughs> I, don't, but I get it. I get what you're saying. He could have, they, they again, no subtlety with WWE. You didn't have to have that line. It did make it a little cheesy. They haven't given him a character. This is not Braun Breaker, the person's fault. But there is no character. There's there's nothing nothing there. Um, and it's you know no personalities coming through. So Roxanne Core, the new NXT Women's Champions. Uh, what did you think of? Uh, well, we got the little D'Angelo family uh, promo backstage. Sanchez Escobar is in the hospital, and uh, they're beginning of a warning. They have to abide by the D'Angelo family rules. And uh, then we had Wesley versus Trick Williams. Oh man, poor Wesley. Like, how's the, how's the Wesley uh, build going? Not good. I mean, it's up and down. I think they did a good job. I believe it was last week or a couple weeks ago when he beat Zion Quinn. I think Wesley, the performer, is good. But tonight he came off as an absolute enhancement talent in some degree. Uh, but they did give him an out in terms of how he lost, and he came back later on in the night. So they're clearly still committed to him to some degree. But, you know, I wasn't a big fan of this match. I loved the presentation of Trick Williams as Trick Williams yeah. leading into that Muhammad Ali thing. The thing that bothered me about this match is Trick Williams' tights. I, I don't know if you've noticed, but they were like a little low and, you know, the referee could have clued him up or maybe they were just too small for him. But that, they just bothered me a little bit and uh, could use an adjustment, some sizing with his gear. But I do like the gear. I like the Muhammad Ali fire gear. And Tony D'Angelo is getting a little dark. Don't you think he's killing people off and people? It's implied that something might have happened to Santos Escobar. Tony Khan is starting to let that chopper spray. You want it to be all feel good? Feel good mafia? You know? Did I call him Tony Khan? Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I thought that it was... Uh... Yeah, we'll see what happens with Tony. I, I want more story here. Um, but they're just they're having him run in place right now because the championship f- picture is very full and they need to figure out when's his opportunity. But the good thing about a character like Tony is you can tell a lot of stories that don't even have to involve matches, you know, right. and I hope they figure out a way to to keep that going and make something uh, entertaining. But so so Trick Williams won and this was uh, rubbing alcohol in the eyes. Yes, they in the announced team had a I don't know if that came off to the crowd because it did not come off to me as to what had happened until the announce team went overboard and saying, oh, I could smell rubbing alcohol. So it was kind of clunky how they executed this because I'm sure the fans were sitting there like, what the hell? What's going on here? Yeah. Like, why is yeah, like just water? water. Yeah, yeah, it's just water, bro. It's a little aquafina. Yeah. yeah. Although water in your eyes does kind of hurt, especially if you wear contacts. That's not a pleasant feeling. It can. It can. Uh, yeah. Um, so Wendy Chu versus Tiffany Stratton started backstage with, oh, Wendy Chu, you lovable scamp, throwing powder in uh, Tiffany Stratton's face when she was in the makeup chair. Then they had like a bit of a backstage brawl that we saw more of after the match, which is very weird continuity-wise. But then their match went out into the ring, and they went at it. Were you surprised Tiffany Stratton won this match? I was surprised she won so clean, but Tiffany Stratton was a babyface in this match. She got attacked by this crazy person, Wendy Chu, who tried to murder her with the chest where she has a wrestling match with her instead of waiting for the entrances. So uh, this was a very aggressive, almost honey badger-like Wendy Chu who got her come up toward the end. I thought this was a fine match. I felt like the pay-per-view kind of started to get going here wrestling-wise. And I'm fine with Tiffany Stratton winning. You know, I know that Wendy Chu is this babyface. And it's a weird way to beat the baby face. But I think they got something in Tiffany Stratton. Winnie Chu's great too. But, uh, you know, Tiffany Stratton, I think, 
could go a long way in WWE. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised uh, if she's the next champion or called up before the end of the year at this, at this pace. Seems like something a main roster creative would be very into. Um, so Apollo came out and <laughs> uh, shouted out Tony D'Angelo, Nathan Frazier, Camelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, Cameron Grimes, and Braun Breaker's potential opponents said his children didn't even recognize who he was or what he was doing. He was burying his gimmick on the main roster that he had. And he says his children, his children, like a lot of people stopped watching Raw and SmackDown, but always now have been tuning into NXT. Yeah. Was he subtweeting the writing staff or with that promo? Because yeah, he was really going in on how they, they stopped watching and you know, WWE's trying to go after the kids and they're trying to get their audience younger. Yeah. So Apollo Cruz is basically saying that they are part of the problem. But I, I like this promo from Apollo. I thought this was an excellent babyface promo. This is not something that grows on trees in WWE. It's good babyfaces. And Apollo, something is switched on with him to where he is an authentic babyface and he's able to connect with these people. And this is a great angle to go. Now, the way it went with him and Vici, you know, Vinci. I, I didn't like Vinci. what, what Vinci, I didn't like what I saw from him in terms of as an opponent for Apollo. But uh, I did like what I saw from Apollo for sure. Some of these new character uh, launches we're seeing uh, with Vinci, with JD, now with Axiom, yes. like, I don't know, man. I don't know how I'm feeling about some of these new characters. It's, feel, it's all feeling kind of thin. Oh, for sure. I'll see what this Axiom thing is, but I, I do agree. I will say I did like JD McDonough's vignette uh, today. I thought it was well produced, and I, I like what he had to say in terms of it was kind of generic, not really saying much, but I did like the angle of his dad told him that he could do this, that, and the other and kind of talking himself up. But in terms of somebody who could win a world championship this quickly, I, I don't believe it at all. Hmm. Kelvin Alexander, $5. Tiffany Stratton has surpassed all her peers in the NXT rookie class. Wow. Um. Well, let's see. I don't know if she's surpassed Nikita Lyons. Nikita but you could make an argument that Tiffany Stratton is number one in terms of the rookie class. I think Nikita just needs to work on her promos a little bit. And I don't know what's missing. I don't know if they're not giving her good material, but I just think that like almost if she puts a little more bass in her voice and just speaks with a little more confidence and like force, I think, right. I think she's there. I think some of it sounds almost, you know what I mean? I, I know it's a weird thing to say. Like it sounds almost a little too natural. Not like I almost need to see her like adopt her character a little bit more. You know, how you can tell when someone's like talking in character yeah. versus she sounds almost too real. And I know it's a weird criticism to have, but I think that she just needs to project uh, a little bit more of a larger than life atmosphere in her promos. Cause she does that in the ring. She does that in her entrance. She does that in her matches. I think she just starts doing that in the mic and she's there. She's ready. And Nikita yeah, versus Tiffany. I'm there for that. That'd be great. That would be good to see, especially the longer they, has Nikita Lyons lost yet? She's not lost yet. Right. She's still undefeated. Uh, I, I believe so. she is. And so that would be, I think that'd be very believable in terms of her undefeated streak, possibly coming to an end against Tiffany Stratton. And I really do think that um, I do agree with you. And I do think that's where she has the edge in terms of over Nikita Lyons is as somebody who, if they put her on the main roster tomorrow, again, it wouldn't be perfect. It probably wouldn't even be that pretty in terms of her in the ring uh, all the way. But I do think she seems like fully formed, ready to go in terms of all the rookies. They could put her on the main roster tomorrow. And I think she would swim. Yeah, there's something to it. And I seriously, go watch any promo on the main roster and you could just tell the difference. In fact, I would say one thing that's probably hurt Ricochet in the long run is Ricochet never seems like he's cutting a promo right. in character. 
it always just seems like that's Trev. That's just the dude. That's his name, right? Trevor. Yeah. I think yeah, Trevor just is, yeah. yeah. It just always seems like that's him just giving you his unprompted opinion on something. Whereas watch what Carmela does. Carmela is always like, she had, has that voice, that body language. You could just tell you like, turn it on. And I think that we just need a little bit more of that from Nikita and she's hundred percent there. But Tiffany Stratton's got that like 10 times over. Yeah, she's, she's going to be something. And she's really good at being – her voice is like an instrument to where I can tell her voice over anybody else's, and it just pierces. And, and I don't know if that's her just kind of playing it up because she knows she's this bratty heel, but it fits her character perfectly. Yeah. It's really weird. Wrestling – consider this to like the acting world. Like wrestling is the one medium where you never want to act naturally. Right. You know? Like that, that then you're just a then you're just a person. You're not a superstar, especially in WWE where their philosophy it's you play to the camera. You got to play to the crowd. You've got to walk yeah. a certain way, talk a certain way, and that could lead to a lot of people overthinking themselves. And you know it's hard to overcome. But in that WWE system, that is definitely what they want you to do. It's not necessarily being natural. It's playing a larger than life character. Uh, tornado Anthony Wide, hey, What's up, Tornado, uh, bring Nexus back with Barrett leading the charge. Tornado season is still in effect. It is a year-round season. We're going to have a lot of exciting announcements here at Tornado Nation on the board of directors. And I would love to see Barrett in some type of, whether it's a short-term program, uh, I think he could be a challenger for Braun Breaker. I mean, I think he's very funny kind of talking up toxic attraction, but I just don't see a, a wrestling angle there. So if he could get involved with a wrestler where a, a Grayson Waller could be somebody, because even though he's a heel announcer, he does talk a lot of shit about Grayson Waller. And maybe that could be one day Grayson Waller's had enough and they have a match, but I'd love to see Wade Barrett back in the ring. So um, what do you think of Ivy Nile? Like I almost didn't recognize her at first tonight with that different look. Yeah, she's slowly starting to break away from the diamond mine, which I don't know if they're officially done, but if they're not already, they're going yeah. to be soon. And it looks like they might be pairing her in the tag team division, which I don't think Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade are going to be tag team champions for long. I don't know if they're going to flip it back to Toxic Attraction or if maybe Ivy Nile will get a run with it. Uh, but uh, I think that this is being done as a tool to tell the story between Cora and Roxanne. So Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams versus Grayson Waller for the NXT North American Championship. What'd you think of this match? I thought it was a match of the night. I thought it was uh, really. I love the entrance from Carmelo with Trick Williams calling him out. I think they should do that normally for all of his wrestling matches. And I thought it, it was. It kind of had a, a couple of clunky spots earlier, but I thought that it, the finish was obviously a distraction finish. But I liked it. I loved the whether it was he caught him in midair and hit the code breaker on his ribs, but then uh, followed up with a nothing but net. I thought it was a good match, and it it got very good toward the final few minutes. Yeah, I think they're ready. I think uh, I actually think all three of these guys are ready to go to the main roster. And in fact, man, I would prefer Grayson Waller to Austin Theory right now. Um, yes, I, I would too. And you know, Austin Theory is slowly but surely coming along. And I know a lot of people are pissed off, and and that's kind of you know the point of what they're doing. But yeah, uh, he might be getting too much too soon. Uh, but I, I would like to see uh, Grayson Waller on the main roster. And Trick Williams as a talker, I think would be great. 
He still yeah. has a little to go as a wrestler. And that's obviously he's just new and he's still learning this. So I think he could benefit from a little more time on the main roster and the NXT as a wrestler. But if they told him, hey, we're going to make you a manager first and bring you along slowly, 100%. He's already a better talker than most of the main roster. I mean, I, I think he has a gift in terms of how he's able to talk. He has a very different promo style and he's very funny. And I, I just know Vince would love this guy in terms of thinking he's legitimately funny. So after this match, uh, we had a QR code on the screen. It said, scan this code, NXT. And you do, and it took you to a website on WWE.com that said 81011, 8 colon 10 colon 11. And it set the internet just on fire with people trying to figure out what this was. On the URL, it's WWE.com slash BR, the letters BR, the numbers 8, 10, and 11. Of course, I speculated that means Brandy Rhodes is the new GM of NXT, which I'm all in favor of. Uh, but what mm. does it mean? Who knows? Is it a date? That's not a Tuesday, August 10th or 11th. 8, 10, cryptic. 11. But what, what's the year? I mean, eight, yeah, I don't 10. know. I don't know. I don't know. That is very interesting. Do you think they're possibly celebrating what would be the 11-year anniversary of, I believe, my first article with Bleacher Report back in 2011. I think that's what it might be. I haven't been alerted to it yet, but let's keep that in mind, too. Let's not rule that out. It's possible. It's possible. Now, if you take 8 eight and multiply it by 10, you get 80. You minus 11, well, you get 69. Uh, but what what could it be? Who knows? But this, like, the code breakers online trying to figure this out, trying to decipher this. While we went right into Creed and their match uh, against Roderick Strong and Damon Kemp for the NXT Tag Team Champion. Diamond Mind fighting themselves tonight. But what did you think of this match? This is good. This is a pretty solid match. I thought Diamond Mind's gear looked like pajamas. Winnie True <laughs> might need a suit for gimmick infringement. But... This was fine. I thought Roger Strong did a good job. I, I really like this Damon Kemp. I think he's very explosive, and uh, I think he's got something. I think, uh, you know, we'll see from Gable Stevenson because that they're going to push him, and I'm looking forward to seeing him develop as well. But let's not sleep on his brother either. I think uh, Damon Kemp seems like a very, very good athlete, and this is fine. This is a, this is a good uh, tag team match, and the Creed brothers are really coming along. I hope they give him a nice, long title run. Yeah, um, but I'm just so over Diamond Mine, man. Yeah, I, I really, this Diamond Mine things needs to be over because I, I don't know because they didn't get an entrance. So I don't know if they use the same song for all four of these guys. <laughs> but yeah, the Diamond Mine, I'm ready for them to, all to move on. Again, we were kind of saying this last week. I like the parts of the Diamond Mine. They've got a lot of good parts. Love Damon Kemp. Love the Creed Brothers. Ivy Nile's great. Roderick Strong's I. And they need all separate to where I think individually they could all be something really good. Yeah. Uh, it was a good match, but Creed retained and are still the NXT Tag Team Championships. And Diamond Mine looks like they uh, made up at the end of this. So A-Kid is now Axiom, and uh, he's a mathematician. Yes, he's the, he's the uh, beautiful mind, or the rain man. He's going to be able to solve problems in his head. And I hope during his matches, we're able to see the numbers pop on the screen as to him thinking. And not numbers, but spots, too, where it's just like headlock takedown. And then we see all the spots going on. Uh, I think they really need to go all the way with this and make it as absurd as possible. Yeah, this promo was a little over the top. Um, <laughs> but uh, Russell Crowe should corner him at WrestleMania. 
Uh, so next week on NXT 2.0, Mandy Rose will defend the NXT Women's Championship against Roxanne Perez, and Apollo Crews will face Giovanni Vinci. Uh, so Braun Breaker versus Cameron Grimes tonight for the NXT Championship. Did you think Cameron Grimes had any chance of winning this? I did not. They tried with that go home promo and uh, the angle with the turnbuckle, but this has been really the definitive way of booking Braun Breaker is giving him these opponents that aren't very believable as somebody who could beat them. And I think it has led to one kind of lackluster match after another, not necessarily the wrestling, but in terms of crowd being into it, people believing that he could lose. It's seeming like the main event. And, uh, Again, I, I do like Braun Breaker, and I think he's very promising talent, but they've not done him any favors with this title run. He's been more or less a generic baby face with not much to work with around him. And when they do go overboard, it's the wrong direction, like with the Joe Gacy situation where now he's fighting people in robes. And I just think that they, he needs a crew of challengers the way they've done with the women's division, where they're building up quite a few women as viable top contenders. Yeah. So you could see dethroning Mandy Rose. I don't think we're there with Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker is the new old Roman Reigns. Yeah. 2015. Yeah. I mean, Roman had this problem for years. Like you can't just have your top guy and put him in feud after feud where, no, this time it's different. Get invested. And like, no, he's going to win. Yeah. You know, it, still it, champ. Yeah. And it, 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 at times it seems shoehorned. I mean, I, I, I've always ridden with Roman Reigns, but at times it did seem like it was very hard for them to, build credible challenges for him. And funny enough, ironically enough, that's where we are now with new Roman Reigns in terms of being able to build credible challenges where we need to go scrape the bottom barrel with Brock Lesnar again and run that thing back. But uh, with Roman Reigns, I will say about the old Roman Reigns, great vest. It's true. Bulletproof. Yes. Uh, This was a good main event, but Grimes winning in hindsight would have made uh, the match more interesting. But I think like what I'm Cameron Grimes has to get called up. At this point, um, I don't. I, I just really don't know if this, in terms of him in NXT, yes, he seems like a fifth-year senior. Like if he was at yeah. Chase U, he'd have already spent all of his credits and would just need to be taking like basket weaving classes to stay in college. But I think it might be time for Cameron Grimes to get a shot. I just don't know what they would do with him if you see what they're doing with Tommaso Ciampa, where he's basically doesn't even have a theme song. His theme song is him running in and jumping people from behind. And just being a setup guy. So I wouldn't be too uh, excited about his prospects, but I will say that Cameron Grimes is, is funny as hell. And he's got that Matt Riddle quality where he can make anything work in terms of you giving him material. And I think that maybe from a comedy standpoint, he could be like in the Akira Tozawa role and hopefully build on that. But yeah, I would really wouldn't be too excited about his prospects as like a, a consistent star in WWE. I mean, a good mid-card feud is have him come up to the main roster, become happy Corbin's money manager, investment advisor, steal all Corbin's money, and then get into a feud with him. Yeah, no, I would love that. They, they, Those two boats seem to be sailing past each other when he was doing the Dogecoin gimmick, and yeah. happy Corbin was broke and homeless and then suddenly came into money. You know, that could have been something where they could have crossed paths and brought Corbin down to NXT. Yeah, and you put him in Corbin's corner for uh, the Pat McAfee thing at SummerSlam. I don't know. Like, I think there's a lot they could do with that. Uh, that could be good. But I think NXT's got a problem. I mean, I, look, I think in the next two weeks, we could very easily just bark my words. We're going to see next week, Gacy, or we're going to see Grimes telling Braun, like, you won my respect. And then we're going to have, um, 
you know, like Grimes and Breaker team up to take on the Druids or something. Although JD <laughs> was supposed to, uh, uh what JD McDonough? What, what's McDonough. his name? Yeah, McDonough. McDonough. Uh, he was supposed to debut next week, but he attacked Braun at the end of the show, put him through a picnic table. So, but I don't think they're gonna hot shot that feud that match for next week. Oh no, no, I think we're gonna get the debut next week of JD McDonough as an in-ring performer to build them up, and that's the direction they're going. So kind of interesting. I don't see uh JD McDonough becoming the NXT champion, but it's a new guy, so we'll see what they do to build him up. Yeah, we'll see. And then uh, Chase, she was taking a field trip to NXT UK this week. Yes, they're going to London. So it looks like this working relationship is going to continue the way uh, they had Brooks and Dunn go over there and win those tag team titles. So I'm expecting every kind of hacky stereotype in terms of London where they're going to be in those little cars from, uh, what was that movie that made those the little cruiser cars? They're going to probably drive oh, those the Italian around. job. Italian job, yes. And do all that kind of wacky stuff mess with uh, some of those people. So it, it should be interesting. I think it, it could be funny. I'm telling you, Chase U is not actually going to the UK. They're going to put them to, to take them to Universal Studios, to the Hogwarts, Harry Potter, uh, the bank section that looks like London. I, I Mark my words, if Chase U does any London vignettes, that's where they're going to shoot them in Florida Universal. So a lot of green screen then. and uh, No, no, they but... have like a London setup down there. Uh, oh, okay. Gringotts Bank. The, the like new Harry Potter section, like right. it's it all looks like old timey England downtown. Oh, that that would actually I think be funnier. I think and you could tell that it's London. But uh, if they're going to London, I, I can only imagine what they're doing. They're really going with this Brody and uh, was it Tessa or was it Thea? I don't. Know. In uh, terms of uh, she's the person who's recently signed with Chase U. So this is an okay segment. This is kind of. Uh, these segments tend to repeat themselves. They need to come up with new material in terms of Chase always cussing the guy out and kicking him out of the class. It's like, okay, that's fine, but there's more they yeah. can be doing. It's true. So that was NXT tonight. So Issa had to miss this week, uh, but she'll be back next week. Next week, we're going to talk about our most botched NXT call-ups to the main roster. Hell yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of candidates in terms of botched call-ups, some of whom aren't even with WWE anymore. And I would think that when we were watching them at their peak in NXT, we were fantasy booking them. Oh man, wait until they get to the main roster and do all this great stuff. That was one of the more heartbreaking turns for NXT. And I think what ultimately in the big picture kind of hurt the brand of NXT is that when that first crop was there, there was all this excitement and you're seeing what they're doing in NXT. And I think everybody, before we saw any of them get called up, uh, we're thinking to ourselves, oh my God, this is going to be even better when they do it on a bigger stage. But then, of course, wrestling politics get involved and preferences are different. So, Finn Balor really set the bar so high coming yeah. off of NXT's hottest period, having the hottest call up right to the Universal Championship and then getting injured. Like, I think we all expected too much after that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, a fair point. And even before that, I know it wasn't the NXT one point era that a lot of people come to know and love, but remember Seth Rollins was NXT champion, mm -hmm. Big E, and they transitioned seamlessly to the main roster. So I think that led a lot of people to believe that this thing was uh, legit in terms of con creating consecutive, consistent stars. But that certainly wasn't the case in terms of people who really got over in NXT and then went on to the main roster. Yeah. 
So there you have it, folks. Uh, we'll be back Friday night to talk about the SmackDown and AEW Rampage. Have a great week. We'll catch you back here next year uh, or next uh, time. And uh, everybody follow Alfred on Twitter at This Is Nasty. Follow me. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. And we'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.